Oh yes, welcome back to Masters of the Cinematic Universe. I am Joe. With me today, every time, as always, is Eric and Doug. What's up, guys? Hey. Don't sound too excited. I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm terribly disappointed in the choice of movie today. Oh, this sure has got to be the worst movie possible. <laughs> Or wait, that's the that's the uh, reboot of it that happened in real life. <laughs> yeah, that's just the news. Yeah, yeah that's just the what, what's going on every day in our actual day to day life. The yeah. movie went from fiction to documentary. Yeah, for real. That's, yeah, that's scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, any other movie except for like maybe Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh no not again oh, let's not revisit that yeah well we'll stay away from that one um but yeah guys so uh i'm pre- pretty excited for today's movie the um the it's disney's uh you know live action movies they make this is the live action wally <laughs> <laughs> in a way it is you're right it kind of like i get serious wally vibes in this movie especially like when they're doing like the city's scene scene shaping yes yeah yeah it's it's yeah. wally with uh baton it's all my wallies (laughs) Uh, so uh we we haven't said the uh the title of the movie yet oh um it's it's called the trump administration i mean idiocracy there you go (laughs) yes Uh, i forgot we we escaped that already yeah that's true Uh, it's over we can move on Plus, Terry Crews is way cool. It's kind of an insult to Terry Crews. <laughs> Dwayne, Herbert, Elizondo, Mountain Dew, Camacho. Yes. Uh, so what's new, guys? What's going on in your world? Uh, I am happy because I just started a week's vacation. So, um, yeah. Nice. yeah I, I, we, it's weird. Our, our vacation schedule with my company runs from April 1st to March 31st because that coincides with our fiscal year. So um, I had time and, and – the other funny part is, or it's not funny, is that we can't really take vacation in March because we are a sales-driven company, and since it's year-end, they frown upon that. So you basically have 11 months to cram your vacation in. So and you just kept I had, putting it off. What? What's that? You just kept putting it off, hoping Vegas well, reopened. If, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Usually, I have no problem burning through, but you know, because that's nothing to do, I still had a little over a week left. So I, I could have came to Florida. Yeah, that's true. I Hung out with me and Eric. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. That would have been good for my health, huh? Had some really good uh, German food. <laughs> hey, look, after I get my second uh, COVID shot uh, the week after, maybe I'll come <laughs> yeah. down. I'll be immune for a little bit. So. No, me, me, Eric, and Ryan went to a holler box in Orlando. God, yeah, that's cool. Or cool. Sanford. Um, God, it's so good. And I scared the shit out of Eric. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still having, like, PTSD from this... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm in the in the car, you know, it's on street parking, so I'm in the car with my brother, and I'm texting with Joe, you know, we're both on our way and stuff, and just sitting in the car, and uh, all of a sudden my my driver's side door opens, oh, and I man. look over and see this this hulking beast of a man. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed the triangle button like it was Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, what happened was about five minutes prior to that, I get a message saying, "Hey, I'm gonna go get inside to get a table." I'm like, "Ah, cool." So I walk up to the door, and the hostess is standing there, and I'm like, hey, um, uh, I think I'm meeting somebody. She goes, oh, there's no one here that said they were meeting somebody. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> so, so I look over, and I see his car sitting there with him and his brother inside of it, and I'm like, oh, he's sitting in the car right there. She goes, you should go scare him. I'm like, I think I'm going to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 I 
I had my my jacket with my hoodie and shit on, and like I snuck around that bitch as slyly as possible and just yanked his door open. Oh, oh God. man, <laughs> I still wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. <laughs> it, it, I mean, it was pretty awesome. It was a bit awesome. So the host has set you up, Eric. Yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> yeah, right I know, even, right? I even took her to task, and I was like, man, that was uh, it's a little bold. Well, you yeah. know how the Germans are. That's true. <laughs> They just sneak up on you sometimes, and you need sometimes you need the un oh. to un Nazi the world. <laughs> so go see our friends Hollerbox in Sanford, Florida. Oh, dude, I'm telling you, that is the best food ever. Really good, really. Good. And and uh, we got the, the the personal tour of the restaurant too, because uh, Eric's a celebrity. Oh, stop it! Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, stop. No, uh, Chef Pat showed us the place. Very cool, and and hopefully I'll do some uh, artwork for them. Uh, or something with them in the near future. We'll talk soon. So, yeah, excellent. Good That's stuff, great, man. Yep. Yep. Um, I, I love the comic book Horseman. <laughs> yeah, we 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 got to update their uh, their imagery there. So so Doug on the kids menu they have a comic book <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's the Adventures of Worst Man, <laughs> but like spelled W U R S T. Of course. And like his enemies are like Captain No Show, <laughs> like No Call No Show. <laughs> That's so fantastic. Uh, I like that. And we got, like, I, well, we, the owner was there also. We got into joking about how they should, like, make the villain, like, the person they want to fire next. Oh. <laughs> that way that person's working there, and they see it, like, God, oh, this, this looks a lot like me. Yeah. The resemblance <laughs> is uncanny, man. Like, um, who shout out to the owner. Uh, she was completely awesome because uh, she, she understands that Star Trek is much better than Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, Enough. Enough uh, already. Lost, lost souls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It was so Your good. Food's you great, but you're, uh, oh, yeah, you lost me with that conversation. Oh, it was so good. There, him and like his brother and Pat, wherever they're talking about Star Wars, and she tries to make a joke, and I'm like, hey, I'm with you. I'm like these guys and their man, Mandalorian crushes or man crush Delorean, however the hell you want to say it. Either way is fine. Uh, right, it ain't me. I ain't watching Frog Uber no more. Oh please, we still, we all know that you still haven't watched past episode two of season. I haven't. Two. And and, uh, and and your brother even said he would do me the artwork for my uh, my masterpiece for free if I watched the rest of it. If you watch it. the rest of the season. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. That offer wow. still stands. I know. It's like, it's so tempting, but at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. DeLorean. <laughs> oh, God. And, and the episode. Uh, That's it. So we, we are doing the 2006 amazing masterpiece of a movie from 20th Century Fox, Idiocracy. It stars Luke Wilson and Maya Rudolph. Both of them were actually at this time were, were kind of, you know, early in their career still. They, oh, yeah. They hadn't done a lot so yet. So uh, they, they, they are in that as well as Mr. Terry Allen Cruz, which they put his middle name. I think that's funny when I see that. But uh, uh, he at this point in time was a fairly, fairly well-known household name um yes yeah terry cruz has always been pretty big both figuratively and literally <laughs> uh mr stefan root who's in almost every mike judge project ever yeah dax shepherd who this was actually another early uh, role for him too i believe one of his earlier yes. appearances um justin long with his little cameo which at the time he was probably one of the bigger actors in the movie that's <laughs> true that's true um and, and then a cavalcade of other people, uh, narrated by uh, Earl Hall of uh, NFL Films, which I love that they used him for the narration because the voice is so perfect. Um, 
Any, anyone I missed that's, that I should call? Um, I mean, some of the Office Space crew you see. Yeah, yeah Dave, so Dave Herman. Cool. There's, uh, there's Dave Herman and there's the O-Face guy. I don't remember his oh, yeah, name. That's right. But he was the cameraman. Oh, um, uh, don't forget uh, uh, the guy. He was in the other movie we just watched. The, the the news the guy from Brondo the CEO of Brondo uh, oh yeah Craig, yeah Christian uh, yeah Hayden uh, Church Thomas Hayden yep. Church Thomas Hayden yeah. Church yeah I was yep. thinking Church Christian <laughs> yeah there you go he's gonna yell Sandman yeah <laughs> yes the um, Sandman so for those of you that don't know what you're about to embark on I'm gonna tell you right now this is probably my favorite movie of all time um I call it the Nostra Dumbass effect because <laughs> <laughs> it is a prophecy. That has pretty much going to be. I can almost guarantee this is the future. Uh, almost a hundred percent with with confidence, guarantee. We've already been seeing the beginning signs of this. Um, it's also like a live action version of Wall-E, um, which I said a second ago, uh, <laughs> where you know the world is full of trash and we're leaving on the cruise ship to get fat and uh, stupid while the robot cleans it up. Yep. Uh, I yeah, mean, th- this movie is super super plausible. I mean, yeah, and and. <laughs> And I love the visual gags. I mean, we'll get to them, but when they sort of showcase like how humanity has attempted to solve its problems. Oh, like I when, love it. When buildings <laughs> are falling over and they kind of just like tie them together. Tie them and together. That, yeah. Or, or they run out track. of space when putting the name on the hospital. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that all feels very, uh, I don't know, realistic to me. Yeah. Especially given the past, I don't know, like five years or so. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, there's a guy who was on YouTube named Legal Eagle, which uh, I really enjoy his work. He does videos. Well, he does two types of videos. He does ones that are based upon actual things that are happening in the world right now where he gives like a, a, an actual, because he's a lawyer. He gives a lawyer's opinion upon certain things. And then he backs it up with a lot of different types of laws and like um um, statutes and stuff that would show how things would normally go. He did a lot with the, the previous election and some of the other things that happened last year in 2020. I guess if you're listening to this way down the future, congratulations. <laughs> um, this you movie made it. Might, this movie might actually be your real life existence. <laughs> um, yeah. But but uh, he also does mo- he also does like TV and movie lawyering. So he takes like things in TV and movie TV shows and movies like that. Our, our legal situations and then tells what would actually happen if it was taken to court, like based upon like actual laws. Yeah. So the courtroom scene yeah. in, in this movie was completely accurate. Oh, then he oh, was like, he was 100%. like dying laughing. <laughs> he, like, so he's like, he's like objection. He goes, what, what are you objecting to? <laughs> <laughs> um, so without any further ado, I'm going to play you the wonderful intro of this movie. And let's sit back and just enjoy the amazing awesomeness. As the 21st century began, human evolution was at a turning point. Natural selection, the process by which the strongest, the smartest, the fastest reproduced in greater numbers than the rest, a process which had once favored the noblest traits of man, now began to favor different traits. Most science fiction of the day predicted a future that was more civilized and more intelligent. But as time went on, things seemed to be heading in the opposite direction, a dumbing down. How did this happen? 
Evolution does not necessarily reward intelligence. With no natural predators within the herd, it began to simply reward those who reproduced the most and left the intelligent to become an endangered species. So, this is basically the theme of this movie is that stupid people have reproduced at an alarming rate and intelligent people have stopped reproducing altogether. <laughs> yeah, it's the anti-Star Trek. Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, well, Star Trek's like this like universal, like futuristic like thing where there's peace and love and like utopia and like nothing costs money and everything until you get to Deep Space Nine and then the Ferengis come in and that ruined that whole thing. <laughs> but this is like the exact opposite of a Star Trek uh, <laughs> utopian society. Yes, it is. I love how like when they're showing this, they're like showing like pictures in the background like Einstein and Leonardo's like a uh, man. Then it switches over to like the, the chick with like covering herself. <laughs> And then, yeah. like, Britney Spears and Mexican wrestlers, <laughs> like, luchadors. And then yep. uh, it's, it's showing this, like, picture of this, like, idyllic future as it backs out to, like, a theme park called Future Town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, I, I, I was on the border of playing this, and I'm not going to play it, but we'll talk about this. We're getting to a case study here. And we're going to look at two different sets of individuals. The first is Trevor and Carol, and the second is Cleavon. I would have said Cleavon and, but I don't have enough time to, in this podcast yes. while making this a five-parter to list Cleavon's entire family tree. Um, so, it gives you some IQ numbers. Trevor's 138 IQ, and Carol's a 141. Um, what is it? 120 is genius? Is that what it is? No, 140 is genius. Or 140 genius? Yeah, 140 oh, I is it, genius. Okay. So, uh, we get them. You know, they're they're up there. They're pretty high intelligent wise. And then we get uh, them talking about how it's not the right time right now for them to have kids. Like, you know, they're going to wait. Um, it's just, just not like they're not far enough into their life yet. They haven't accomplished enough right. yet in order to have kids. Um, at this point, we flash over to the interior kitchen of a single wide trailer with kids running around everywhere. And a very disgruntled-looking woman holding a pregnancy test um, that says she's pregnant again. Um, and this is the the Cleavon household, which Cleavon has the IQ of 84. Um, and Cleavon goes, I thought you were on the pill. Yeah. <laughs> At which point she gets more upset and he goes, oh, that must have been Brittany. <laughs> you know. She's she's mad at him and, you know, starts a fight. We flash forward another five years into the future. We're back with Trevor and Carol again. Um, who the guy who plays Trevor, I can't remember what his name is, but he's been in, like, everything. I think that guy just literally has a, a small role in every single thing that ever existed. Oh, yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. And it's funny, he plays nerds and he plays, yeah. you know, guys like yuppie guys in this, but he, he he's even played a couple of bad guys, you know? Um, he's always, like, to me, he's, like, stuff. the weaselly guy in, like, a political drama, too. Yeah. Like, the guys in the White House walking around, like, trying to, like, suck up to everybody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the eyebrows. That the, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he kind of looks like if Eugene Levy and Adam Carolla had a kid. Oh. Shit. That's very true, actually. But, yeah. uh... So um, they they still said they they can't have kids right now, not with the way the market is. Right, it wouldn't right. be the right time. Um, at which point we flash back over to check in with Cleavon, 
And uh, on the front porch of two single wives now are Brittany and Trish yelling at each other. Um, <laughs> uh, like, you know, that, oh, he doesn't want you. He goes, well, there's something he likes yeah, over here. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, Mackenzie comes running around the corner and starts chasing Cleveland with a bat. And he's screaming, it wasn't me. <laughs> so this is now the third woman he's had multiple children with. Right. Um, we get our obligatory five-year jump again. Back to Trevor and Carol. Um, they decided, uh, you know, this is the right time for them to have children, but for some reason they can't. And she's not pointing fingers. Right. So uh, She's not pointing fingers, yeah. She goes, before I, you know, I get in vitro, I want to make sure everything, you know, is working. And she, she's like pointing over at, uh, at him. And he's like, well, this isn't helping. <laughs> and I love her line. <laughs> Anybody want to take it? No, uh, no, I don't have it. It's not my sperm count. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so we flip over now and we're not getting Cleavon. We're actually getting Cleavon Jr. Yeah. He's in his football uniform coming off the field with four cheerleaders in his arms. And he just yells, I'm going to get you all pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland's like, that's my boy. And in the background, while this is going on, whenever they go to the couples, there is a family tree on the thing. And like Trevor and Curls has never changed. And each time you go to Cleveland, it's like, bloop, 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 (laughs) bloop. Yeah. With new new people popping up each time. Um, Now, what's funny, though, is while Cleveland Jr. gets one of these girls pregnant, it's also a a girl that his father got pregnant. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so, uh, five years later, we go forward again, and now we're in a uh, a doctor's office, and the doctor is telling us that Cleavon attempted to jump a jet ski from a lake into a swimming pool and impaled his crotch on an iron gate. But thanks to recent advances in stealth, recent advances in stealth research and the fine work of doctors Krinsky and Altschuler, Cleavon should gain regain full productive function again. And then he yells, <laughs> "Get your hands off my junk!" <laughs> Uh, at, at the same point that this is happening, a whole bunch more bloop, 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 bloops pop up in the background. Yeah. Another five years passes. And we get back to uh, the Carol and Trevor situation. However, it's just Carol now because Trevor passed away. Apparently, he had a heart attack while masturbating to produce sperm for artificial insemination. But Carol has eggs frozen, so as soon as the right guy comes along, fingers crossed. Yeah, I love that. I wish the right guy that came along was Cleveland. I wish, like, if... I. <laughs> Cleveland's family tree is so many things on it at towards the end of this that I can't even like follow it. Like Doug was telling me there's like crazy things on here that I, Oh yeah. I mean, according to the trivia, there's a chimpanzee, a goat, a dog, uh, (laughs) Hank Hill and Bobby Hill, uh, Donald Rumsfeld, Condoleezza Rice and George W. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I do believe that that family tree. I definitely believe that last one. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so, um, at, at this point now, um, uh, it, it, it jumps to a scene and it says 25 years later and um, the narration is going to pick back up here. But while the narration is picking up, there's a pickup truck rocking in the background and his family tree is just expanding and expanding yeah, and expanding covering the whole screen and expanding. And the screen's getting wider, too. It goes from like the regular like frame shot to like a widescreen to like an extra widescreen to like an extra, extra, extra widescreen. <laughs> um, but here's the narration that's playing in the background while this is taking place. 
And so it went for generations, although few, if any, seemed to notice. But in the year 2005, in a military base just outside of Washington, D.C., a simple army librarian was unknowingly about to change the entire course of human history. So now we jump over to the military base that was just mentioned, and we see um, our, our uh, protagonist of the film, Mr. Joe Bowers, who is played by uh, Luke Wilson. He's the, I don't know, like when the Wilson brothers come, is he like, which one of them is ranks higher? I would I think, think Owen probably does, but... Yeah, in, Owen, I think, ranks higher. yes, Owen. But Luke has a more normal-looking nose, so it's got to get him a point right. or two. Yeah. Right. I don't Luke know. also has dark hair, but Owen has blonde hair. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really enjoy the, both of them. Like, I think I... I mean, obviously, I enjoy Luke's role in this better than any other movie ever, but, you know, I think I prefer his roles most often. Yeah, I mean, um, the, his brother definitely has a thing that he does that's very, you know... Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with with uh, with Luke here. And I'll, and I'll, just to backtrack to the opening sequence, it was a really, really, at least to me, clever way to summarize, you know, the, the through line of this movie, which is that we're, we're in a place where everyone's an idiot. And it was just like this really visually effective way to get that across. Like, look at this asshole. And how quickly right. he reproduces, and how evolution is now eating its own tail. Like it was really cleverly done. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. This is—you can basically show somebody this entire movie just showing them that opening scene. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now For you're sure. missing all the jokes and all the fun parts of the movie, but if you just watch that opening scene only, you'll know what this movie like is. Like, there's no question about what this movie is at that point. Yeah, and you're hooked. You're hooked because it's such yeah. a good premise you know and what i mean of course the the voice you know that voice of the narration is perfect too yeah and i love how like they go from the narration to the case study back to the narration like because it wraps it ties it up neat nice and neatly like they could be three separate yes. things but it really ties it up well um so this could like like without that intro this could be where the movie would just start at like on any other normal movie but because you know mike judge who i don't think we mentioned yet this is a mike judge film um and I really think Mike Judge is like everything he does is some of my favorite stuff ever. Uh, he's a he's a brilliant, absolutely brilliant writer. Yeah, um, I mean he got he got the idea for this movie. He said he was waiting online at Disney World. Oh, that makes sense. And, and uh, yeah, with his kids, and I forget what line you know what ride they were waiting for. And there was a woman with a stroller and a couple of kids either in front of him or behind him. And she got into a shouting match with another woman with a stroller and kids. And they were like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you!" No, I'm gonna fucking kill you! Yeah. And the, the I'm idea glad you said for Disney this World, movie was that was born. definitely Florida. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's no question. There's no question. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's where the the, the idea first germinated. And he talked to Aitan Cohen. Um, who he's worked with on, on King of the Hill and other other stuff. Yeah, so um, just to go through yeah. a couple of Mike Judge's creations for the people who aren't fully aware, Beavis and Butthead, of course. Yes. <laughs> King, King, of the, King of the Hill, um, Office Space, Idiocracy, one of the best movies of all time. Um, Silicon Valley, which is an yeah. amazing, amazing show. You want a um, smart comedy, that you, you hit that one up. That's yeah. good stuff. Did, right did he do um, Dodgeball also? Uh, I don't think so. 
I thought he did another movie, but I can't remember what it was. Oh, I, I think there's a lot of characters that are, or a lot of people that are normal normally in his movies were in Dodgeball. I know Stefan Root was in it, which Stefan. Yeah, Root's but I movie. yeah I don't think he was part of Dodgeball, but um, yeah. I feel like he did another movie that I'm just blanking on at the moment. You must be thinking of Beavis and Butthead to America. Oh, that's I have the actual <laughs> like book script to that movie, like the printed book <laughs> oh, of that movie. Cool. Yeah, I yeah. bought it when it first came out. Um, and that was, it's a terrible idea to take a date to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, but I did. Um, I was in high school. He did. He did. Uh, there's a movie called Extract. Uh, with oh, Jason that's Bateman. Extract. That's the one I was it's, thinking. Yeah. That's also a really good movie. It's very, it's, it's very yeah. little known and underrated. With, uh, Jason but Bateman. Jason and, Bateman. Uh, ben Affleck. Wig. I mean, there's a huge. Yeah, exactly. Me, oh. All right. We're not going to do the Reese's Reese's Joe. It's Mila Kunis. It's not Mila. I call her all Mila. Right? And, well, you call her Mila and she won't even turn around and look at you. All right, oh, yeah, you call her be. Mila, and she, she'd be like, she'll... "Ashton, is that you?" Yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> and, uh, but he also yeah, did so a show he... called "The Good Family," which a lot of people haven't watched, but I absolutely love that. No, I don't know that one. It's it's basically like it it reminds you of King of the Hill, but it's about this like nature loving vegan family. Like there, it's G O O D E. I think they it's look, on Hulu. They look like King of the Hill characters. They sound yeah. like them too. They talk exactly like them and everything. Okay. Right. Um. But I'm, I, uh, it's amazing. Like <laughs> the dad is basically Cotton Hill. Like the girl's, the wife's dad. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh God, you just got big names in that actually. Oh yeah, Nancy, I don't want to like and sound Car- bad Car- just because you can't yeah. like Mike Judge's writing is hard to say out loud. But um, there there is that first scene when the girls, the ladies out front, they're like all vegans. It shows their little Prius with all the stickers all over it and all that stuff. And she's out there tending her little like garden in her front yard, and the and the dad pulls up in a gigantic like Hummer, and you know he walks out, sounds just like hey I'm Cotton, you know like Cotton Hill, but like it's the right. dad, and she goes, Dad, your car is so bad for the environment, and he's oh like, God. well if they didn't want me to drive it, and so on, so but then she, he's like, I just came back from the sold check with some colored greens, <laughs> and she goes, she's like. Dad, they're collard green. He goes, yeah, next thing you tell me, they're going to be cooked by collard folks. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> the All most right. ridiculously terrible comedy, but that's who Mike Judge is. <laughs> this guy, I mean, it's bad, but, you know, you got to understand that that's, I think it's making the joke at the ignorance, though, is the thing. Oh, absolutely. That's the only reason I can be okay with it all is because he's joking at the point that these people are this ignorant that they believe these things. Like, in this movie, they're going to drop a lot of words that you probably should not use in good company. Um, which, this came out... Is this the same year as Tropic Thunder? No, this was uh, 02, right? This is 06. No, 06. So oh. two years before. Okay. Oh, man. So, they do drop the F word a lot, and I don't mean fuck. Yeah, that's true. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, they dropped that word a lot too. But <laughs> well, I mean, that's Aton Cohen too, because he he wrote the screenplay for Tropic Thunder, so you know that's yeah. his style. Yeah, you know? that makes makes perfect sense. Yeah, this um, movie is R word and F word for gay, crazy, crazy. Yeah. yeah. So yes. I will give this warning ahead of time that if you have those type of uh, you know triggers, you might want to just you know check out a little early or just understand they're going to be coming. They won't be coming from us. I did pull the audio for that just because I don't want to be the one saying it. And I didn't pull the audio for all of it, but there are scenes that we're playing that will have that. In it. And uh, it's just. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, the context is that this is humanity. The stupidest at its people. Stupidest. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, so it does work. 
you know, they're calling someone who's educated because he's smart. So like, it's kind of like a compliment because, because you're smart. <laughs> I don't even know how like to, to go about this, but either way, th- this will exist in this movie. Just to give you a heads up <laughs> a little ahead of time. So Joe Bowers is sitting down at his desk in the military installment library, watching cops, which I love that. Um, someone's getting arrested. Um, if this would have take place, you know, a year or two ago, this would have been live PD, but, uh, Rest yeah. in peace. Are they bringing Life PD back? I, I, I don't think so. I heard they might be because I miss that show. That was like my go-to show. Like when nothing else was on, I just sit that on and watch it for hours. They filmed they they filmed certain episodes in Warwick, Rhode Island, which is where my old branch office was. So. They filmed a lot of them in Florida. Oh God. Well, yeah. I mean that yeah. that makes sense, but they got to have a little bit of diversity. So yeah. they came up north for some. So. Now we got to share up here. They needed some blue-collar crime. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to my buddy Tim Watson. He was an editor on Live PD. Oh, oh nice. wow. And, uh, yeah, he, do, he does a lot of uh, reality TV work. Uh, he lives cool. up in, uh, in New York. And, actually, um, Tim and I made a movie, if you can believe that. Oh, yes. Um, so good. Which I'll share with on you guys. On the next episode of Masters <laughs> of the Cinematic Universe. Oh, this we should just... do this as a bonus episode. Do your movie. <laughs> This would be a great bonus episode because, it, you know, it gives us the opportunity to revisit this thing we did. And it's kind of, you know, it, it's not good. It's not good, guys. Um, but, yeah, we just, you know, we were at a stage in life like my wife was pregnant with our first kid. We were in this, this creepy farmhouse in in, uh, in New Jersey that we rented. And we just figured, like, we got to do it now or we're never going to do it. So we made a movie. I had no idea what I was doing. Never went to film school. Just always liked the idea of, of doing it. And, yep. uh, yeah, we, we have a short film that's too long to be a short film, but too short to be a feature. So it's, it's almost uh, like this movie actually. Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad, bad. Well, hey, what, I well, like movies. You I like, like movies. <laughs> I can't believe that we both like movies. Oh man. We should hang you like out. money too. Yeah. And you like sex. <laughs> no. But yeah, we'll uh, definitely do a, a bonus episode on that. Yeah. One that'd these. be fun. Yeah. All right, so uh, Keller comes in with Peterson, who is Joe's replacement. Joe gets informed that he's going on a new assignment, but he doesn't want a new assignment. He's good does, at sitting on his and ass. who does his replacement look like? Did you guys notice it's oh, not I didn't him? Look, I he look looks that close. The replacement guy, he looks like Shia LaBeouf, if you watch it again. Oh, it's he? not him, but it looks he looks like a young Shia LaBeouf. I'll have to, I'll have to look at that. Like yeah. even Stevens days? Uh, yeah, a little, right, yeah. Like early, not kid level, but a little older than that. But it looks, it just, he looks a bit like Shia LaBeouf. Transformers okay. Shia, you know, right? We're yeah, exactly. To... Yes. Yeah, yeah. Pre crazy. <laughs> yeah. Pre yeah. um what is it? iRobot or whatever it is? Uh yeah, it was a, yeah, he I was am, an iRobot. Yeah, iRobot, yeah. Yeah. Um so he tells uh um Oh, Joe says he's good at sitting on his ass and not being bothered. He can't screw that up. <laughs> um and he only has eight years left till he gets his pension and he and he can't get out, so it's coming from up high. Um, yes. So Joe's like, why me? Every time Metzer says lead, follower, get out of the way, I get out of the way. <laughs> that is the best line. That sums up a, a decent chunk of my life. Me too. So, <laughs> and my name's Joe. Which which is nothing to be proud of, but it it, it hit it yeah. put it this way, I felt personally attacked. <laughs> okay. So so um Keller says, um when he says that, you're not supposed to choose to get out of the way. It's supposed to embarrass you into leading or at least following. Following, yeah. 
So look, Joe, you don't have a choice. You got to follow, like follow me up the stairs right now. <laughs> and he goes, right now I shouldn't train this guy. And he goes, I'm sure he can figure out how to sit on his ass and watch TV all day too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just I love the back and forth in this movie too. Like the 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 way that the conversations go, uh, they're very witty and snarky. Oh yeah! Again, it's Mike Judge humor. You can tell. Yeah. I mean, it's smart, pointed humor. And I cannot recommend enough for people who have not watched yet to watch Silicon Valley. Yeah. Oh my God, that show's so yeah. good. Um. Next, we're tra- taken to a briefing room with uh, Collins. I, I don't really know what his rank is. Is he captain or yeah, general? I think he might have been a captain. It wasn't in the newspaper clipping. I didn't catch it, but I'm not Oh, sure. it might have been, actually. I think yeah. it's just his army officer, though. I got it on here. But anyway, yeah, so he's showing true. off Joe Bowers uh, to, the, the, to the people in the briefing room and talking about the human hibernation experiment. Um, what the whole point of this experiment is that we if we can save our best men frozen in their prime for use when they're most needed since, you know, they have good people right now, but there's no war going on. Right. And then he says, Joe, he's not one of our best men. He was chosen, honestly, for how remarkably average he is. Extremely <laughs> average in every category. The most average person in the armed forces has no family, is unmarried, is an only child, and both of his parents are deceased, making him an ideal candidate with no one asking nosy questions if something goes wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so they want to use him, basically. Um, because, you know, he's kind of like the the perfect um, test test module. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, however, they had less luck in finding a female in the ranks, so they were forced to look into the private sector. <laughs> the private sector. I love it. Um, the female they find, her name is Rita, played by Maya Rudolph, which I almost said Maya Angelou again. I don't know why I always do that. <laughs> oh, my there's only, there's like, Is there really only two Mayas that have ever existed? Wow. <laughs> Um, but Maya Rudolph, uh, her name's Rita. And just like Joe, she has no immediate family and Rita right. agreed to participate in this experiment in exchange for the dropping of certain criminal charges and a small fee. <laughs> However, they did have to come to an arrangement with her pimp, a gentleman who goes by the name of upgrade <laughs> with two D's for a double dose of his pimping. Um, <laughs> I actually pulled the audio right now from um, when Collins is talking about his time with Upgrade because it's it's pretty hilarious. Oh, it's, oh, so it's the best. Please. So I'm going to give you guys a little taste of this. Roll it. We did, however, have to come to an arrangement with her pimp, a gentleman who goes by the name Upgrade, which he spells thusly, with two Ds, as he says, for a double dose of this pimping. Upgrade agreed to loan us Rita for exactly one year and keep quiet on the matter in exchange for certain leeways with the local authorities in running his pimp game. First, however, there was the difficult challenge of gaining his trust. Collins, can we skip the technicals, please? Sure. Let me just finish here. You see, a pimp's love is very different from that of a square. Collins! Fine. We'll move on. It is a fascinating world, though. Jesus, Collins. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> so that sound you were hearing was him going through projector slides of him <laughs> doing all <laughs> kinds of activities with upgrade. <laughs> With two but, <laughs> he's living that pimp life, man. Yeah. 
He's oh got like God. a pimp chalice, a Cadillac, the the fur coat, the women around, <laughs> and he is loving that life. Um, so it, it's 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 this movie is full of a million sight gags that make this movie so amazing. Um, the visuals in this movie are stunning. Um, you know, it doesn't look real at sometimes, but it looks like what you'd picture a stupid future to look like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know what? The CG for, for the cost of this movie wasn't really that bad. Especially you could easily overlook movie. it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you knew it was all fake, but come on. I've, I've seen some bigger budget movies with worse CJ. So. Oh, yeah. I was telling Joe, <laughs> it had a cool, like, old school, like, matte painting look to yes. it. Yes. Yeah, know that's exactly. I mean? And I think that's how they did a lot of it. You're right, Eric. Yeah. Um. So, basically, the... The subjects are about to be placed in a dry freeze, which is going to start tomorrow. It's highly classified, and if successful, humans can be stored indefinitely. We get to a clinic now where Joe and Rita are sitting there, and Joe is trying to make some kind of small talk with her. Rita tells him she's not in the service. So Joe asks her what he does, and she says, a little of this, a little of that. that. And in his little, you know, awkward small talk, he goes, wow, that's great. I really like people who can do a little of this and a little of that. (laughs) I had a neighbor, Glenn. He used to make chainsaw sculptures to sell at the flea market. <laughs> and, and with like, which point everyone's just quiet. It's just, it's a super awkward feeling. Um, but I think that's when you you really fall for that character because he's he's coming from such a genuine like dorky place. You yeah, know he's I mean? trying to make her comfortable because she's not from the military. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely like he has no ulterior motives here at all. No. He's just you know trying to make her feel at ease and. As a of protagonist <laughs> of this movie, you know, it, it works with him in the driver's seat because he's not a dick. Yeah, and everybody else in this nice. movie is, you know, kind yeah. of a dick. Yep. Yep. Um, he asks Rita if she's an artist. She says, uh, yeah, paintings. <laughs> <laughs> and he asks, what do you paint? She goes, uh, people and fruit <laughs> and shit. <laughs> and fruit yeah. and shit. Jackson Pollock paintings, more like it. <laughs> exactly. He, he says, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Ah, nice. Uh, you wedged that in there just right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, um, so he says, it must be great to make a living doing something you love. And she's like, well, it's not all you cracked up to be. And then uh, Collins comes and says, who wants to go first? And she says, me. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Uh, now we're in the hibernation chamber. Rita flips out as her pod starts to close. And uh, Joe's like, well, what's going on? What's the matter? And she goes, uh-uh, Upgrade didn't tell me they'd be putting me in no damn coffin with tubes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe tries to reassure her again and then asks about Upgrade. And Rita says that that's her boyfriend. And then um, asks how Joe knows that it's safe. And Joe says, they know what they're doing. They tested it on dogs and shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, um, Colin says that the drugs will kick in. They'll drift off to sleep. Wake up in a year. And you'll be painting again um, and be fine. And then he's like, Upgrade, that's an interesting name. Is he Dutch? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I knew this Dutch exchange student named Untgrad. <laughs> uh, then, of course, Collins walks in the room and drops an end bomb. Okay, my, we're almost set. Yeah. Lie down and relax. I'm like, just so uncomfortable. That end bomb made me spit out my, uh, <laughs> my bubbly. <laughs> he said it's so, like, so white. <laughs> Oh he fell God. hard for that life. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, he fell hard for that pimp life. Yeah. Um, you see this like really thick, like creamy fluid getting. Oh, pumped? it was gross. It was so gross. It looks like um liquid latex getting pumped yeah. in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the chambers closes, and you see a creepy Colin's face saying, "We'll see you in a year." And then uh, I got a little narration here, real quick to play. See you in a year. The human hibernation project was one of the army's most ambitious experiments, and one of its most secretive. But it was not immune from human error. So the human error he's talking about is the fact that everything you would think shouldn't happen happens. Uh, Collins is sitting in his office admiring his gold tooth with him with the sunlight coming in behind him. And he has a little like like a handheld mirror um, as he's doing this. Uh, a bunch of soldiers bust in and take him away. And then we get a newspaper headline. It's. And I, I read the entire article when I was looking at it earlier, but I was like, it's not it's not that funny. There were a couple little funny things, but it wasn't that funny. Uh, but it says, Army officer busted an attempted prostitution ring. And then it flips over to the next one, and it says, Upgrade receives double dose of incarceration. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and the double dose was in quotation marks. So I was like, oh, this, this, is, this is just fantastic. Um, and then after that goes on, we get a little bit more narration here of basically the time that Joe's asleep and um, I'm going to play the narration. Then I'm going to talk through a couple of the sight gags that takes place during the narration. Soon after Cullen's arrest and the massive scandal that followed, the base was closed. It hadn't even been a year and the entire project was simply forgotten. Things looked bleak for Joe, but they were even worse for mankind. As Joe and Rita lay dormant, the years passed. Mankind became stupider at a frightening rate. Some had high hopes that genetic engineering would correct this trend in evolution. But sadly, the greatest minds and resources were focused on conquering hair loss and prolonging erections. Meanwhile, the population exploded and intelligence continued to decline until humanity was incapable of solving even its most basic problems, like garbage, which had been stacked for centuries with no plan whatsoever, leading to the great garbage avalanche of 2505, which would set in motion the events that would change the world forever. Okay, so that's a lot to take in. It's a lot to take in. I, I'm telling you, the narration alone sets this movie like light years ahead of a lot of other things. Just because the narration is so good. Yeah, and um, just yep. and just visually too. Like during yeah. the sequence, as he's narrating, the the visual representation for humanity getting stupider is the oh. misspelling of the word Fuddruckers. Which is one of my favorite places on Earth. I love Fuddruckers <laughs> so much. It's great. It's Fud great. Ruckers, I love world's that. greatest Absolutely. hamburgers. When I was a kid, we used to like have a Fuddruckers near... Well, we had three of them in Miami when I was growing up. But there was one that the, every Friday they would do a car show. So we'd go down there in the parking lot of a Kmart. There was a Fuddruckers in the middle of the parking lot. And the whole parking lot would be filled with custom cars. And that was kind of our Friday night thing. And it was so much fun. We'd get a big-ass yeah. hamburger, one pounder. I'd eat the entire one-pound hamburger and then go to the car show. Because um, they would actually make one-pound patties. Like, it wasn't like, you know, four-quarter-pound patties. It was literally a one-pound patty. Right. No, I, yeah. <clears throat> Which, if you look on the window in the movie, it says, Home of the Pounder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
So the base is torn down, and they literally put a sign up as it's being torn down that says "Future Side of Fuddruckers." Yeah. Um, we see a trash starting to pile up, and we see um, a graph showing the world's intelligence levels dropping. Uh, the first stop we we make is in 2075. It says Fuddruckers, world greatest hamburgers. Then it stops again in 2150, and it says Buckers. <laughs> And then in 2225, it says Buttruckers, but now they've changed the slogan. It says World, spelled W-U-R-R-L-D, Most Kick-Ass Hamburgers. <laughs> um, then in 2300, it shows docs, doctors I mean, focused on fixing hair loss and giving uh, chimpanzees boners <laughs> for some reason. <clears throat> I think they're using it as a test animal, but I thought they used dogs and shit, <laughs> so I'm not really sure anymore. Um and then it, it finally peaks out at 2505 where we get the giant garbage avalanche where a truck pulls up on this. It's got to be like a th- two-thirds of a mile into the sky, like a skyscraper of garbage. And it dumps it, and as it dumps it, it kind of just shakes a little bit. Then a, a soda can comes out and makes the entire thing just avalanche through all like the city and everything. And uh, the one thing I wonder is why their pods are at the top of this hill. They should be at the bottom. But, yeah, you know, uh, come on. <laughs> you know, maybe they dug him out, moved him around a couple times to keep the garbage recycled. Maybe they moved the garbage mountain here and there or something. I don't know. So we see Joe's coffin cascading down the, the avalanche, going through a bunch of different buildings and parts of town. And finally, it crashes into an apartment. And this is the apartment of our other uh, main star, Frito, played by Dak Shepard. Uh, Frito is watching TV, which is surrounded by just the most crazy viral ads you can imagine. It's fantastic. There are so many things, and it's all like erection medicines or like uh, fat fast foods or uh, clothes you could wear. Just like what you picture like a pop-up being, but like they're just on 24-7. Right. And in the center of the TV, he's watching a TV show starring Hormel Chavez called Owl My Balls, <laughs> where a guy basically gets hit in the balls over and over again. Um, he hits and, a telephone line, hits a brick wall, hits a, uh, a barrier. Then a yeah. dog jumps up, bites his balls, and a wrecking ball hits him in the balls. <clears throat> and then he goes, "Ow, oh, my balls!" Yeah, it's funny because in the credits, and say in IMDb, Dax Shepard's character, like you said, is listed as as Frito, but he's called Frito Pentejo. Yeah, Frito Pentejo. <laughs> That's his full name, but they don't have it in the credits. It didn't make oh, the credits. Oh. <laughs> And again, this is another reason why this movie tracks as, as you know, uh, sort of a precursor to real life here is because, like, at that time, what was that? You said 06 this movie came out. So, yeah. Yep. I mean, you look at shows like Jackass, like, that that became a very big thing. Oh, know, absolutely. This movie, like, predicted so many things. That's why oh, I call it, it Nostradamus. Because, yeah. like, <laughs> it literally predicted so many things. Yep. Um, the... Uh, I forgot what I was going to say here. Uh, eh, doesn't matter. Oh, oh, Bendejo. Doesn't that mean like yeah. asshole or something? Yeah. Yeah, asshole. it's like a, yeah. Yeah, it's like a curse like to mean like that guy's Idiot, an asshole. Idiot, asshole. Or, it's, yeah, it's just, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, I figured, you know, Eric being our resident Spanish uh, champion. That's true. Very true. Well, do, yeah. Do you speak Spanish? Except for I, I don't really speak Spanish, but see, I'm a, <laughs> a very Americanized Puerto Rican. You but know you know, know I mean? the curse words though, right? So I mean, so wait, you're saying like, that you're saying uh, that I'm more Spanish than you since I grew up in Miami? Yeah, you grew up in Miami, <laughs> so even though you're Irish, you're technically more Hispanic to me. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I love it. I mean, I was the one carjacking you. 
Yeah, exactly. That's true. Exactly. That's true. I spent like five years of my childhood in in Indiana. It was like stand by me. So I, I <laughs> yeah, cu- okay. Culturally, right. I'm I'm really far removed from. That's true. <laughs> All right. So our 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 next scene here, the coffin opens and Joe starts to groggily wake up, and I got a little bit of audio here of Joe meeting Frito. Where's Officer Collins? Shut up! <laughs> Are we on base? I'll base your ass on my fist. Base, ass. Shut up. I'm sorry, it's just. Where am I? Shut up! I told you already! the streets desperate for help but the english language had deteriorated into a hybrid of hillbilly valley girl inner city slang and various crops joe was able to understand them but when he spoke in an ordinary voice he sounded pompous and faggy to them (laughs) so much to unpack here so uh, I was listening to something too. Uh, it was, it was something where Dak Shepard was, was had a guest on. I don't know if Dak Shepard was a guest on someone's podcast or someone was a guest on his podcast, but it was like a really like serious um, guy. I wish I could remember who it was. And he he was like complimenting Dak Shepard on like how stupid he played this role. Like <laughs> you can tell like when somebody's pretending to be stupid or when like yeah. you actually believe they're stupid. And he said when he was playing this role, he believed that he was actually stupid. I mean, he, oh, he listen. He, he nailed it. Yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I love how he gets up and there's a toilet in his chair that flushes as he steps up too. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then he can't even think of like the the combo. I'll bit your base, your face, face my, my and, yeah. ass, and face. Get the fuck. <laughs> um, then uh, him out the window. The the I call it the idiocracy theme. It's kind of like the music that comes on all the time. I love this. the soundtrack in this flick. Oh, that's so great. It's a Mike Judge. Uh, Everything yeah. Mike Judge has a good soundtrack. Exactly. Um, um, Office Space soundtrack. I used to play that all yeah. the fucking time. And then Silicon Valley has a ridiculous Yes, it soundtrack. does. I know. Yeah, it's know. so good. Um, but. Uh, now, when but, we get the, the the music and the narration, is, it, is that when we pan up to the hospital? Yes, that's when you pan yeah. to the hospital and you see the letters. <laughs> they ran out of space, so like the A L off the end of it or the T A L, whatever at the end is just like kind of like Yeah, it's like so they, they ran out of room, yeah. And, and and they, I love I love it. Saint curve it. God. Yes, Saint I know God. Saint God, yes. <laughs> Saint right. God Hospital. Yeah. Oh this movie is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Uh yeah, like that—that just... that shot in particular got me good because uh, you know the obvious visual gag is that they ran out of room, but when you you really look at it and you see the Saint God, yeah. there's just something about that that tickles yeah. me so much, man. <laughs> yep. Um, and then the group of guys like that are around like a dumpster or something trying to get food. Yeah. <laughs> that he, they start. He says they grunt at him and have Valley Girl and uh, inner city slang. Yeah. Uh, I just Redneck. love. 
Yeah, redneck, valley girl, inner city slang, and gr- various grunts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we we then go into the hospital with uh with Joe, and um, words don't fit how nasty this waiting room. Oh, is. it's gross. It is except, so disgusting. Except for that one spot two foot robot. spot where the where the robot's cleaning, and it says your floor is clean. Your floor, <laughs> your floor is, clean. is clean. That that part of the floor was spotless. It kept crashing into the chairs. Which at this point, do Roombas exist at this point? The what? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think, no, well, back 2006, predicted. probably not. Yeah, I think there's another one of their Nostradamus dumbass things where they're predicting yeah. the Roomba. Who knows? Maybe that's where they got the idea from. There was also <laughs> slot machines in the, uh, yes. in the lobby. <laughs> uh, and then the girl at the front desk is just completely out of it. Doesn't like, say she, anything. She looks like when you see the people that are like like doped up on like painkillers. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just That's what she looks like. And she has a little like badge on her chest that talks for her i um, love her choices of the buttons yeah the little icons for like having the baby you just see like legs with a baby and like it looks it, like, a, like one of your like kids picture books like where yes it's like, exactly says, just simplified I like them were, were just pictures of asses with things wrong with them exactly yeah, oh yeah, they showed a head with a knife in it <laughs> you know? she, she ends up picking the i don't know what's wrong button <laughs> oh okay um, so the Roomba was out but it was, oh, it was relatively new. Oh, okay. So they, right. they sold a million units by 2004. So Damn. I, really? Holy yeah. shit. Okay. But, I, you know, it was their, I guess, the early version. I wonder how I, many of those those actually did the exact same thing where they sat in one spot. Probably most of <laughs> yeah. them, man. And, it, and yeah. I guess as a commentary of, like, this is how it started, and look how lazy we are where no yeah. one will clean Your anything floor is else. Not clean. Your floor Even the is robots not clean. got dumber. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um,. He walks over to a water fountain and turns it on and green liquid comes out of it. And you look on the side of it and it says, Brondo, it's got electrolytes, <laughs> which this will come back. And he uh, looked at this times. crazy, like f- fat looking guy. And, and he asks if they have any water. And he goes, what you mean? Like in the toilet, like the toilet water. He goes, what do you want that for? He goes to drink. And the guy just starts laughing. as He walks away. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> then we hear an automated voice say, You've got hepatitis. <laughs> Congratulations, isn't it? Congratulations. Or, I think he's, I think, but anyway, yeah. I want to change my uh, text notification to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Joe goes over to the health master Inferno. Yes. And uh, the, the guy working it hands him some like, the wires are all like twisted up. Like these things are not like, well maintained. And I don't think they're well clean either. Um, yeah. He gets these probes and he says, one of them's for your mouth, one goes in your ear, and one goes in your butt. Yeah. Um, it, the machine doesn't work, of course, so the tech must have got it mixed up. So he starts fiddling around with them, hands them back to Joe, and says, uh, try this one here. At which point we see Joe running back to the Brondo Fountain. Yeah. Well, I um, love it. Also, the chatter from the line behind him. Come on, move it, asshole. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. This movie has just so many layers of things going yeah. on. Like, and the the casting again, Mike oh, Judge. So, so the the guy, the probe guy, he looks so skeevy. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he found him. It's like he found this guy in an alley somewhere. But you know, you know, it was a little bit of makeup and just the way he presented himself. But he nailed it. Judge nailed it with just ha- to make people look dumb. It was so great. Oh yeah, everyone in this movie just looks like a shitbag. Yeah, <laughs> except for Joe. <laughs> like he's the only one that doesn't look like right. a shitbag. Now I did take notes on this on this machine, um, just because I it tickled me too. So it has screens that light up depending on what ailment you have. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And the options were tumor, Ebola, just gas, tapeworm, <laughs> unknown, gout, 
lice, <laughs> and then the other two were hard to see. But I, I love just gas. Like I know, <laughs> but you know that 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 list of maladies would also sum up that level of intelligence. Then yeah. that's what people would get all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You know, oh man. So uh, next we get into he goes to wait in the doctor's office. Who is Doctor Lexus? Who is going to yeah. be played by yes. Just, Justin Long? Um, and he picks up a magazine sitting on the counter called Hot Naked Chicks and World Report. <laughs> and he looks at the date on it, and it's got like what to him appears to be a misprint. It says March 3rd, 2505, um, which is technically four days before my birthday in 2505. So, <laughs> hell go. yeah. And the headline Ooh. is, shit sucks. Yeah. Yep. So technically, because uh, he did save this movie in less than a week, um, he might have saved the, saved the day on my birthday. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So hell yeah. So Did I got just a, you. Uh, I got another audio clip here pulled with his um, conversation with Doctor Lexus, as well as the narration that follows right thereafter. So here we go. Hey, Azang essay. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, not so good. You know, I, I don't really know what's going on, but. I'm seeing things. I think it might be because of these drugs the army put me on. But if you could uh, just get me well enough to get back to base. Right. <laughs> Kick ass. Well, don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. What I do is just like, like you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I- I'm serious here. <laughs> Don't worry, Skrull. Now there are plenty of tards out there living really kick-ass lives. My first wife was tarded. She's a pilot now. I, I need for you to be serious for a second here, okay? I, I need help. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> All right, so that'll be this many dollars. And if you could just go ahead and, like, put your tattoo in that shit. That's weird. <laughs> this thing has the same misprint as that magazine. What are the odds of? Where's your tattoo? Tattoo? Why don't you have this? Where's your tattoo? Why come you don't have a tattoo? You're not an unscannable, are you? Oh my god! Everybody I know is dead! Oh my god! food supplies, and the number one movie in the country was called Ass. And that's all it was for 90 minutes. <laughs> it won eight Oscars that year, including Ass's screenplay. 
God. This movie's so fucking good. Why come you have no tattoo? <laughs> I did no tattoo. I like when he's like, so like it says here, you're fucked up. So, you know, you just kind of, uh, yeah, you know, uh, um, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I like how it says his wife was a pilot. Yeah, she's, she's a pilot now. And there is a crashed plane later in the Costco. I don't know if it's that yeah. one or from something else. but <laughs> Exactly. There's a lot of crashed planes around, apparently. Yeah. Um, also so another fantastic uh, visual gag is the billboard that says, Oh, uh, I wrote if, it down too. Yeah. If you don't smoke Tarleton's dot, 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 fuck you. And then at the bottom, it says warning. The surgeon general has one lung and a voice box and, but he could still kick your sorry ass. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe also is looking out the window. Uh, he realizes that this date is real. He sees buildings that are just tied together so they don't fall over. <laughs> He takes off running out of the hospital, um, which they want him to scan this tattoo that's on his arm to like pay for his bill, which is $5 billion also. Right. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> but um, but he can't obviously scan because he has no tattoo, which Dr. Alexis then flips out about. Um, and then we see Joe run and run and run. Finally pulls up to a Carl's Jr. kiosk. There's a lady <laughs> trying to get food that didn't come out. Uh, she looks like a crackhead, too. Um, yes. scans her arm and charges her account and it says her balance is zero so she hits the box and it just shoots her with a blast of gas <laughs> she's like my kids are starving and then it, the box says please come back when you can afford to make a purchase Car- <laughs> <laughs> yeah Carl's, Carl's Jr. is the star of the, the show as, as far yeah. as this movie goes your, it, your kids are starving. Carl's Jr. believes no kid should go hungry. You are an unfit mother. Your children will be placed in the custody of Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. Fuck you. I'm <laughs> <laughs> This is what the box is saying to her. Um, at which point she stumbles off and falls over. Joe walks up to the Carl's Jr. box. And it says, Welcome to Carl's Jr. Would you like to try our extra big ass taco? <laughs> now with more molecules. <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's fantastic <laughs> so now I, i'll say this demolition man used to uh true. used to be my favorite restaurant tie-in in a movie for taco bell but carl's jr <laughs> i, I think it's gonna take oh, the throne, man. Yeah. this is idiocracy brought to you by carl's jr yeah, yes why do fantastic. you keep saying that <laughs> uh so so um, the police pull up and they see Joe standing by the machine and they think that he is the unfit mother. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then this particular individual is unscannable. <laughs> and as they're saying this, they double side tackle Joe. <laughs> the rest yes. Of the most vicious it's tackle. so good. It's so good. Um, and as he's trying to explain to them what's going on, he looks over and sees Rita's pod. Um, now we get to an amazing scene which legal eagle did break down in full and did i change scenes uh, i'm not paying attention here am i i might be letting down my womanly duties here of uh, uh, audio i think this is the right one now because I, I gotta get my clips in order but uh, we get to the scene and we have a uh, judge southern wolverine yeah <laughs> southern wolverine that's what i have in my notes <laughs> played by Stefan root who is um bill from king of the hill milton from office space um, and just a million other like character roles that you would know him from. He's literally been in a lot of fucking movies. Um, and that, that explanation of how many movies he's in was brought to you by Carl's Jr. Um, <laughs> uh, 
because uh, they pay me every time I say it. Um, and and of course, Frito is Joe's lawyer. Yeah. But let me play this this little clip of the courtroom scene for you guys because this shit is hilarious. Um, this is going to. Um, I believe this is going. No, yeah, yeah, this is just the courtroom. Okay, I just want to make sure this wasn't the different scene. All right, here we go. Joe was arrested for not paying his hospital bill and not having his UPC tattoo. He would soon discover that in the future, justice was not only blind, but had become rather retarded as well. I'm fixing to commensurate this trial here. We gonna see if we can come up with a verdict up in here. Now, since y'all say you ain't got no money, we have proprietarily obtained for you one of them court-appointed lawyers. So put your hands together and give it up for Rito Pendejo. You're my lawyer? Says here you uh, robbed a hospital. Why'd you do that? Yeah, I'm not guilty. That's not what the other lawyer said. I mean, what the, listen, you got to get me on the stand, okay? I can explain everything. We can take him to your house. We'll show him the pod that I came here. Get up! Get up! Nah. Prosecutor, why you think you done it? Okay, number one, your honor. Just look at him. He <laughs> <laughs> talks like a fine, too. <laughs> and B, we've got all this, like, evidence of how, like, this guy didn't even pay at the hospital. And I heard that he doesn't even have his tattoo. I know. And I'm off. You gotta be shitting me. But check this out, man. Judge should be like, guilty. Peace. Jackson! What are you objectifying on? Come on, just get me on the stand. Okay. Um, Your Honor, I object that this guy also broke my apartment to shit. Yeah. And you know what else? I object that he's not gonna have any money to pay me after he pays back all the money he stole from the hospital. Let's say I stole, you're my lawyer. And I object, I object that he interrupted me while I was watching Oh My Ball! Joe stated his case logically and passionately, but his perceived effeminate voice only threw big gales of stupid laughter. Without adequate legal representation, Joe was given a stiff sentence. Meanwhile, Rita had awakened to find that the world's oldest profession was a lot easier when the world is populated by morons. Welcome to AOL Time Warner, Taco Bell, U.S. government, long distance. Please say the name of the person you wish to call. Upgrade. There are 9,726 listings for Upgrade. Please deposit $2,000 to begin connection. Oh, what? Yeah, baby. Hey, look, look, can you just, can you wait a second, please? Oh, yeah, baby. I can wait so good. Really? Think I uh, think maybe you could wait a day? I can wait two days. <laughs> That's good. Cause I charge by the hour. Oh yeah. Well you're gonna be glad you waited, baby. Thank you very much, young man. What the fuck? God damn shit's changed in a year. 
<laughs> hey, John, I, I know was... you were having computer problems, but you were just playing snippets from the impeachment trial. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> I was like, Your Honor, he came up here and incited this shit, and you should be like, guilty. Yeah. We got like <laughs> evidence and shit. Oh, and I object. What you objectify to. <laughs> oh, I fucking love this. This movie is so great. So, the visuals in this court scene is like a spectator sport. In the oh, court, yeah. yeah. In the courtroom here. So, we have Stefan Root, and he's the, the, the judge. And his hair is like Wolverine spikes coming yeah. up the top. It's like if you watch WandaVision, he looks like the hair that Quicksilver did in the newest episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, which that show is fantastic. Um, oh, yeah. I, Depending on what time you're watching, listening to this show, you're probably way already done with this years ago, maybe even. I'm hoping that people still listen to this uh, podcast years down the road. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you really came around on One Division because you were uh, poo pooing on it early no, on. No, no, I, I just said I'm tired of the sitcom bullshit. Get ah, to the fucking story. Okay, all right. I, I'm you... good with it. I just done with the sitcom part of it. I'm like, come on, let's now. If they would have mixed the sitcom part like they're doing now with like actual story, also, I'd have been fine with it the whole time. I just didn't want to see three straight episodes of sitcom. Gotcha. We we have to talk after this episode about that shark. Cause, uh, oh yeah. Oh buddy. Yo, magic. Oh god. Yep. <laughs> so um, he gets a mistrial pretty much, but he doesn't really get a mistrial. He gets still gets arrested. It's like. It's so fucked up. Like, there's nothing he can do because the way he talks and they just hear it as being effeminate and not not good because he's smart. Um, uh, this is like, if if you like are like, if you get PTSD from bullies, don't watch this movie. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what this movie is. This is like, like, if you've heard of Beer Fest, this is Bully Fest. Um, and have you ever tried to, like, argue with a dumb person? It just doesn't work. <laughs> Yeah, like it's definitely can, a waste of time. Yeah, you're just like yelling at a brick wall. There's like nothing you can do because they're just stupid. Um, so we get to Rita. Rita's in the phone looking for trying to call Upgrade, which apparently there are nine thousand something listens for Upgrade. <laughs> um, at the time, she's approached by a uh, a man, and he's you know trying to get her services. Which I'm assuming she's accustomed to already since that was kind of her previous job. Uh, but she realizes how much easier it is now that the world's stupid. <laughs> how long does she end up making this guy wait for? Oh, it's got it's got to be three, four days, I think. Yeah, and he's like something like, oh, I can wait so good, you're going to be paying me. <laughs> <laughs> um. We we get a cut over to Joe now. He's being led into a facility for testing and tattoos. Um, and he has one of those, like, animal control leashes around his neck. Yeah. <laughs> to keep him yeah. away. Um, and he's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And they're, like, you're here to get a tattoo because you don't have a tattoo. So um, I, I have the audio from the tattoo machine because it's pretty fucking funny. And I can't do it justice to, like, the comic delivering of how this whole transaction takes place. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to the Identity Processing Program of America. Please insert your forearm into the forearm receptacle. Thank you. Please speak your name as it appears on your current federal identity card. Document number G24L8. You have entered the name Not Sure. Is this correct? Not Sure. No, it's not correct. Thank you. Not is correct. Is sure correct? No, it's not. My name is Already Joe. Already confirmed, your first name is not 
please confirm your last name. My, sure. My last name is not sure. Okay. Thank you. No, what I mean sure. is my, my name is Joe is complete. Please wait while I tattoo your new identity on your arm. Wait a second, can we start over? Can I cancel this? Can, can we cancel this and just go back and begin it? They're gonna test. Ow! Could I speak to your supervisor? Please hold still for your photograph. <laughs> so, his name is now not sure. Like, not first name, last name, sure. Yeah. This was like their who's on first. You know what Pretty I mean? much, yeah. Yes. Uh, and uh, on the ID, it, you know, it gives his height, six foot. It says eyes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, he's, like, trying to, like, adjust when it takes his picture. So, his, like, picture's, like, sideways like, at the camera. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, we have our, our new character named Joe, which I'm and going forward now. I'm going to refer to him as Joe when it's Joe doing things. But when someone else refers to him as not sure, I'm going to refer to him as not sure. <laughs> Because that's apparently his new legal name is not sure. Um, I mean, like, how the fuck is this even? Happen? I don't understand this shit. Just, I like how he goes. Oh, that's fucking great! At the very end of it, I know. Yeah, I tried to pull the volume up as loud as I could so it would come through, but he's like, oh, yeah. it's just fucking, fucking great. Great. Um, so now they take Joe upstairs so he can have an IQ test, so that way he can get a jail job. Um. It asks him, like, if you have, what is it, like, two buckets? Or if you have a bucket with, like, three gallons of water and a bucket with five gallons of water, how many buckets do you have? Yes. And he's like, two? two. <laughs> and then, like, he's looking at the guys next to him that are trying to, like, put square pegs and round holes and shit. And, like, the guy thinks he's cheating. He's covering up the holes. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like the shit you find in, like, a dentist office for kids to play with. Yeah, exactly. But they can't and do it. This is the IQ test they can't figure it out. And they think Joe's cheating off them. Um <laughs> So, Joe's on now on a prison bus uh, with a chain hooked to him, and he walks in. It's called the House of Particular Individuals. <laughs> I, saw, I think today was the first time I noticed that. I, I was laughing out loud at that. So well, if great. you never, ever noticed, the police always call people particular individuals. Yeah, no, no, I know. It makes total sense. That's why it just, I, I, again, I hadn't seen it, so that's why it was even funnier, because, yep, that's what they call them, particular individuals. Yeah. Uh, this particular individual is this the un infant mother? This particular individual is uh, unscannable. <laughs> um, so uh, Joe's uh, now walking in. He's being herded in, and he sees them feeding them with the slop bucket through a glass window. Oh, that that's a brutal scene, actually. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's awful, man. Um, then he looks over and sees this really like odd-looking fat guy sitting <laughs> on someone's head. <laughs> and... The fat guy catches him looking at him and then points at him and then says he's going to sit on his head. <laughs> um, so Joe's got to figure out now, like, what he's like, I, I, he's got to figure out a way out of this. So um, he walks over to one of the guards and says, oh, I was supposed to be getting out today. And yeah. the guy's like, well, you're in the wrong line, dumbass. Yeah, dumbass. He smacks him in the head. <laughs> um, let this dumbass over in the other line. He's supposed to be getting out today. So he goes over the other line and then he says he's supposed to get out. Um, and the guy's like scans him and he says, well, you're not in the system and they're about to put him back in line. And he goes, no, I was definitely in here. That fat guy sat on me and everything. <laughs> now I got, I got to point out two things that I, I really, really loved. One is that the guards wear t-shirts that say guard in like a tribal yeah. 
affliction yeah. logo. Yes. <laughs> it's just perfect. And the police, right? Does it say police on Police, on uh, the yeah. Yeah. And it, it yeah. looks like an affliction shirt, which is great. It really does. And there was a guard that had a Carl's Jr. tattoo on his neck. Yes, I saw yes, that. Yes, I, yeah. I know. I saw that. That was the one he tricked into telling him he wasn't supposed to be there today. Okay. Yeah. That's another point for uh, Carl's Jr. Dude, that was fantastic. Yeah. If you like stop this movie in every scene and just look at the background stuff going on, there is so much going on in this movie. Like, um, it's a shock to your senses. To, like, oh, yeah, definitely. To what's and- going on. Eric, you bringing up the costume or, you know, the the uniforms, it's actually very reminiscent for me of my previous life, my previous employment life. Um, All all the costumes in this thing were all digitally printed on fabric. Oh, you were going to say you wore a bunch of affliction. Yeah, inkjet printers were used that feed fabric through them. They print them, they treat them, and then they sew them up. And, I mean, that's what I used to do. So it was cool to see that in action. We actually did a couple at the, the place I, I worked for. We did some sample stuff for some Broadway plays when I was in Manhattan oh, for wow. that kind of stuff. Because, you know, at the time, and even today, they do what's called screen engraving. You can only do so much with the screen. You need a screen for every color, and it's got to be cut and takes hours or days to do where this digital printing back then and even 10 years before that when I started doing it was like cutting edge. Yeah. You know, well, you could print anything you wanted on fabric at that point. So, yeah, yeah that's how all that was done, that whole the whole movie. And they printed a lot of costumes because, oh, yeah. you know, they, they use they use CG or, you know, practical effects to get a lot of the crowds. But there were a lot of people that were dressed in that stuff. So they had printers running for quite a while to get that stuff out. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't just use anything regular. Everything had to be fabricated. For right, movie. exactly, exactly. But that was the easiest way to do it. You just print fabric out, you get a tailor to sew it up, and they just you know, mass produce the stuff really quickly. So it's pretty cool. So Joe runs away from the house of particular individuals as the gun turrets outside shoot each other. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so just another uh, dumb visual gag that's just so hysterical. And for some reason, he decides to run to Frito's place. I guess because the only person he knows who he yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know why else. I guess maybe the pod was there. Um, he was looking. Well, no, he knows where Rita's pod is because he saw it when he was getting arrested. So that didn't make sense either. Um, but as as he gets there, Frito's watching the masturbation network. <laughs> and it's like a picture of like a leg cutting in, like food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Cut it. Cut a piece. Cut me off, cut cut me a, off a slice. Yeah. Cut, his, cut me off a slice. <laughs> Oh, it was so gross. Like a chick like with feet, like the one foot has a knife, one foot has a fork. And it was like a Salisbury steak. It was yeah. so gross. <laughs> and then Joe bangs in the door and goes, go away, Baton. <laughs> Which I just always want to say that if I'm in a public bathroom and somebody knocks on the door, I want to just yell, go away, Baton. <laughs> That'll go well. That, line. <laughs> that, that might be my favorite line in that movie. I just absolutely love it. Uh, so Joe just busts in and then tells Frito that he's innocent. Um, and that if he doesn't help him, he's going to send him to jail for being um, a bad lawyer and get him disbarred, uh, which Frito kind of gets a little scared of at the moment. But Joe starts talking about, like, if there was a time machine, and Frito goes, oh, I know where that's at. He's like, but it's expensive, and it breaks all the time. And then one of my other favorite lines, like, when Joe's, like, upset, he goes, uh, Frito goes, I supersize with you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um. Oh, and so, when uh, when Joe when Joe escapes the prison, he's running towards Fritos. He runs yeah. past a rusted out DeLorean. Oh, you're right. <sighs> yeah, it was then. So I mean, that was obviously a nod. Yeah, that's pretty you know, cool. The whole time travel thing. Yeah. Um, Joe like 
tells Frito that like if he helps him, he'll go back in time and open a savings account in his name. Frito doesn't understand what that means, of course. He tells him he will get billions, but the fact that billions aren't that much money now, it doesn't really right. s- sell it. So he's like, dude, the f- time machine costs $20 billion. So he's like, well, I'll give you 30 He's like, what's the minus of 30 and 20 <laughs> It's like eighty. It's eighty billion. Yeah, it's eighty billion. 80 billion. I like money. <laughs> oh, I like money. Uh, then the police show up looking for not sure, and then Frito yells, "He's somewhere else." <laughs> uh, Joe gets some clothes out of what looks like toilet box seat covers, like toilet seat covers. Yeah, pretty much. They're like freeze dried almost. <laughs> yeah, open the package and pull it out. Um, as the police are getting ready to bust in, Joe and Frito run away through the broken window. And Joe says, that's cool, we can go, but we need to find this girl, Rita. Um, and he says she has money, or he's going to get money from her. And he's like, oh, I like money. <laughs> he just keeps, I love, just, I like money. I like money, I like sex. <laughs> um, uh, we flash- that shirt dispenser deal, that really reminded me of uh, Fifth Element, the cigarette oh, dispenser. Oh, yeah, right. With the yep. huge yeah. filter and the little tiny cigarette. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Um. Rita, we see her. Uh, she's um, she's kind of checking herself out while the other guy is still trying to get some. But he's good at waiting. And he and this is what he says: When I finally utilize you, you're gonna pay me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna say it to my wife tonight. <laughs> I like they're utilized. They use that again later too. Um, Joe uses that when he's sitting in the Oval Office or the not the Oval Office, but the room that where they're broke to the middle of the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um. So uh, Joe picks up Rita, and she's kind of pissed because he has the cops behind him, and she has two strikes. Um, yeah. they, <laughs> they lose the cops by driving into a dust storm, um, and they tell Rita that it's been 500 years, and she like, is fl- flipping out. She goes, oh, shit, Upgrade's going to kill me. She, um, he says, but Upgrade can't get here. She goes, well, you told me there's a time machine. She's like, Upgrade will just use the time machine to come get his money. <laughs> Uh, Joe's like, just trust me. And she's like, well, I don't trust you because you talked me into getting that coffin. <laughs> Which is sound <laughs> logic, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, while they're arguing, somehow Joe gets scanned and the car ends up shutting down the batteries. Uh, Joe warns her that she doesn't want to go to the jails here. <laughs> they're terrible. <laughs> so they they get out and they start fast walking around a corner at which point the police sh- show up and start shooting up Frito's car. And one of them just randomly shoots a rocket into the air that shoots down a plane. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Hope that wasn't uh, his wife, his ex-wife. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, even Frito gets into it. Like, they start shooting. Yeah. He goes, that's your car. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shoot that yeah. thing. Blow it up. Like it's, all the cops are just shooting up in the air. <laughs> oh, and it's like the most, like, um, irrational amount of fire firing going off. Yeah, so, exactly. Just round after round after round. What's funny, as goofy as this movie is, this scene really seems to be like seriously tackling abuse of power you know what i mean it, it really oh is. yeah it's definitely. like that smart subversive mike judge right yep, that's you know? that they do it again it. later when joe tries to talk to him they spray him with pepper spray right in the face <laughs> yeah, like 20 <laughs> times in a row yeah yeah that's life imitating art huh yeah Now's the time for a bite of cheer. 
great box filled with a popcorn thrill. Let your taste buds meet with an ice cream treat. Refresh yourself, it's time to eat. So come on, folks, let's join the band as we all head for the refresh.